This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! This week, the path of destruction continues with WWE 2K as bugs and glitches are still appearing even after a couple of patch updates. We finally get to talk about Megaton Musashi and why Switch owners in the U.S. need to fully enjoy the console the way is intended. Then, in our final stage, I review Kirby in the Forgotten Land. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game filled episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah yes this is april fool's day no anything i say will not be a joke or a rib or whatever you want to call it like we've had enough for the whole entire year i'm doing opposite day like this will not be a joke day so anything that i say out my mouth will be legit but if i see any you know trickery or whatever like that maybe i'll mention it whatever we'll see but we will be talking about a lot of games this week, uh, in particular, like a lot of releases that came out this week. I found myself, I, I, you know, we talked about the backlog situation a couple episodes ago. Um, and if you didn't hear that, so go back and talk about and, and, and listen to it, because I talked about how there's so many games out right now that people are creating backlogs and not able to play every game because they're steady on this one game that they're still trying to play. And it was based on a Game Informer editorial uh that i read and it was it it's very true it is very true like this week alone uh so many games came out and so many games that i saw that was on sale that i ended up getting um this week alone the yakuza for those who don't know and haven't played it or wanted to play it this is a great time the yakuza remaster collection is out now it's on sale on playstation network i i don't know if it's on xbox live whatever like that but it's yakuza 3 four and five and it's all three of those for only 15 bucks if i can't tell you how much of a steal that is and how much you need to get your butt up 15 dollars is an extremely extremely great deal for the quality of games that you're going to get with those three yakuza is one of the best freaking sega games they've ever done <laughs> um and not only that this week the uh speaking of yakuza itself the, the spinoff of that series uh judgment or lost judgment i should say released the kaito files which is the extra story mode that we got featuring kaito uh which is yagami's you know partner we get to play as him this time and i had no time to play this because i was already playing uh another game that i just started playing which was you know tokyo wire uh, to uh ghostwire tokyo and i don't want to talk about that yet um I'm just let's just say I'm I'm thoroughly playing that game right now, 
and uh, I will be reviewing that game with some very interesting things to talk about and involving that. But um, once I finish that, which I'm almost I'm at the last stage of that game right now, I'm going directly into the Kaido files and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, man. And plus, I got some other games that I'll talk about as we progress through this episode. But in our talk topic, I will talk about uh, Kirby in the Dreamland. Now, I said this was going to be the fighting game episode but that's going to be next week solely because the uh i didn't expect to beat kirby that fast and it's not to say this is like a short game um maybe i played it thoroughly too thoroughly and there's some things i still need to unlock but i played through the initial story mode and everything and completed the game but haven't completed it at a 100 so there's still things i can do in there but there's so much you could do in there so i'll be talking about my experience with that game in our talk in our i was about to say our talk topic in our last at our final stage of this program but for now we got some other things to talk about because i am so intrigued with this stupid wwe 2k 22 game and how after all these years they still have not changed one bit and people are still trying to people are people in this generation settle for anything they don't fight there's not that much fight in demand it, I, I truly believe that you know a lot of you guys out there don't consider yourselves as consumers you consider yourselves gamers and fans and that's all good but from a business standpoint and yes you got to think of yourself as a business every every decision that you make as a business decision you have to think of everything as an investment almost and even your your entertainment value because you're spending all this money on these games and you best believe you better have a smooth experience, at least enough for you to not, you know, for for your entire process to be cut short because there's a glitch or a bug in here. OK, like WWE 2K, which is still suffering from glitches and bugs, even after a couple of patch updates that they issued earlier this week. I literally got them directly after this patch update and it did i don't know what this patch update did i don't know what it did what they were fixing whatever like that but this thing's still broken okay so despite a couple of patch updates gamers are still experiencing issues while playing the, uh the universe mode which at some point the universe mode was the stronger point of the wwe 2k games and which you know for those who don't know the universe mode allows you to create your own promotion or book it the way that you want to and it you normally allows you to you know add your creative wrestlers uh which you can create way above like 50 creative wrestlers add them into the to the roster you can change the arenas you could change the whole entire it doesn't have to be um anything wwe or nxt it could be your promotions that you want to add to it and you're supposed to be able to create your own universe and world with this but the issue happens when you change the structure of the universe mode which is made so you could create your own promotion the way you like however doing so may cause the game to become unstable and when i say unstable i mean it starts glitching up and bugging and things happen during cutscenes that shouldn't happen um since the two patch updates have been issued i discovered two bugs in the universe mode that i recorded on video and showed it out to people in social media in particular shout out to the 
uh guys at um saturday night's main event you know that facebook group which involves a lot of the host of saturday night's main event if you're a wrestling fan if you're a deep wrestling fan you know who these guys are these it's a canadian based radio show and they have their own facebook group and i do talk to those guys every so often they're really cool um you know they're I, i've been listening to their radio station they used to be called the law uh which was live audio wrestling and it was one of the first radio shows i've listened to it was like a canadian radio show that i listened to online and i think what i really stuck to them is like they had you know dan labraski which i knew about him since his old fmw days if you're a wrestling fan if you're a hardcore wrestling fan do you know what i'm talking about here and you know who this person is uh then on top of that they get you know uh short segments with dave Meltzer, who is like the one of the best columnists and 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 uh you know reporters in wrestling history um his historical backlog in his mind is uh is insane in terms of who he knows and what he's experienced in the history of wrestling and how much he's researched he's going to be a lost art soon because when he goes he's been he's been doing this for 15 years when he goes he i don't i don't know if there's anybody that has the backlog of history and intelligence that he's had and people take him for granted that man's history is amazing so i digress but you know i i post the video on there because there were people you know joe aguinaldo um Inago, uh Inaldo, i believe uh posted whether people have played it what he thought and i had to say like look there were people automatically saying that this game was great it was awesome and i'm like yeah i'm not saying that yet you know you guys know how i do you know what i do i thoroughly play these games because i don't want to mislead anybody who's listening into thinking that this is a great experience but then down the line you learn and find out something's wrong and <laughs> I, I i i fear that so i don't review a game that i'm not thoroughly playing as much as enough to know that this game is smooth it's playable it's a great experience it's not a great experience you know stuff like that i look when you see my my graphic promos and this is unbiased reviews you know that's legit i don't even care if i had you on a show if it's not as good and i just did that with dawn of the, um monsters with uh way forward which was a fun game but it wasn't perfect it did have its things that i didn't that i hope that they wanted before so you know not everything is going to be at, get a, a a grade of a at best but it's always room for improvement with some things but when it comes to 2k games like they've never learned like that they, they, they continue to be the c students of the gaming industry and this is no different man so i i posted it on there and what i did was that i posted two videos one uh, one of them was a tag match where my creative wrestler character or characters it was a tag team so it was two of my creative uh, wrestler characters are teamed up against john cena and shinsuke nakamura however when the cutscene appeared it is one of my characters in the ring with shinsuke nakamura who's supposed to be his opponent not his tag team partner and then we see my other creative wrestler who, who's coming out to the ramp who's supposed to be in the ring with me and against shinsuke nakamura and john cena john cena is nowhere to be found in this cutscene first of all so and and here's here's even the worst part like it, it's it gets even worse from here weirdly the viking raiders who doesn't have anything to do with the rivalry my characters are involved in and 
they do a run in and attack my creative wrestler who should be in the ring. But also one of the Viking Raiders is attacking an invisible person, which should be somebody there. And I've this is and the reason why I knew this, because one it's obviously that he's attacking air at this point Two, they 2K games use the exact same cutscenes that they've used for every single 2K game leading back to 2018 or 2017. Definitely 2018, because I, I recognize those cutscenes. They they're just rehashed cutscenes. They're nothing new. And it, the the idea is that they're 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 marketing ploy is that it hits different well that may be true for the combo uh you know for the new combo system but everything else is absolutely the same 2k games to me is tends to be unethical in their approach because they they do the same thing they, they do the exact same thing that the wwe does in terms of providing what should be quality to their fan base and there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with that. Well, 2K Games also has adopted that philosophy for their development of this game. And I hope it's just this game and not every every other one. But if they work on one department, they probably work on another department as well and do the same thing. And I think it, che it, it cheats the gamer out of that experience that they should deserve for the amount of money that they spent. So... When they get into the ring, when the Viking Raiders get into the ring, that gets worse because now my my partner and whatever invisible character is beat down. Shinsuke Nakamura is in the ring, who should be my opponent. The Viking Raiders come in. Cena's nowhere around. And then on top of that, when the match starts, my character disappears and goes into ringside. I can't play him. Shinsuke Nakamura is in the ring with the Viking Raiders and suddenly the tag team match is now a handicap match. It's the sad part about this is that this convoluted mess is no different from what goes on in the real show. There's a lot of convoluted storytelling in the real show. So it's like the real show is a real world glitch and bug itself. But this is playing along with it. But this is not supposed to happen. This is absolutely not supposed to happen. Another video that I put in uh, had uh, Swerve Strickland or Isaiah Swerve Scott for the WWE. That was his. I want to say <laughs> I was going to say his Swerve Strickland is his is his. Let's just say it's his um, government name. And if anybody watched Roots, Kunta and Toby. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's all I'm going to put. But, you know, Isaiah Swerve Scott was the name that they chose for him. He normally goes by the name Swerve Strickland. And he's facing off against Kushida. Again, this was a part of a rival that I created on Universe Mode, which normally in previous games would have worked. This does not. Uh, Kushida was supposed to be facing him and it was supposed to be uh, but instead, Swerve is fighting, again, an invisible character because she did, uh, she did, did not, the Time Splitter himself was not in that ring. And I've posted this, and I did this on Remote Play. This is because I was watching uh, AEW Dynamite at the time, and I was playing in Remote Play this time around. 
And so all you saw for like 30 seconds, I, I filmed for 30 seconds of Swerve just trying to grapple air and trying to grapple us. It was just so weird. And then again, my creative wrestler character was supposed to be there too. And this, this is another cutscene that they rehashed from previous, you know, games before. The problem is as much as even I can try to complain to 2K games on Twitter or whatever like that, it ne I've been through this back at WWE, WWE 2K18. If you guys have listened for this long, you know how much disdain I have for 2K games and their customer service. Remember when I talked about how Dotemu did so well at responding and reaching out to me when they had that bit of a kind of a, you know, design blemish with the G Scott character, which by the way, that's now on the blog on talktimelive.com that you can read and check it out and see for yourself. They immediately fixed it. They immediately, no more than a week. That was, they put it a uh, redesign. They put up a patch. It looks great. It's fine. Total opposite of what WWE 2K does. They tend to ignore many people online who have bug and, and issues or they, I, I just don't get it. The, the point is here. We are at a new generation of gaming right now. The PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X and Series X, um, S, I'm sorry, is out. Then you got PC as well, that's always evolving. The point of us buying these newly powerful consoles is to not have the same experiences that we had prior to, which means every single company, every single developer should be evolved and up to date in the development of their games so you won't have the same issues that you had prior to. The fact that 2K Games is creating the same wrestling engine with the same bugs that you had since dating back since 2000. 18 with or even 2017 or such i mean these these bugs have been going through even when ux was around but the fact that they had they've been having these issues that far back and they still are existing is there is no excuse for this but you will find some fans out there that will try to make excuses and this is where the term confirmation bias will come in because i've had so many discussions with people that will always try to defend this game, but their, def their, their defense may not be thoroughly, you know, justified. I hear all the time, especially with the uh, WWE 2K series, where someone on social media must add a comment in a sea of complaints full of evidence that there are issues in a game that they must never had this issue or bad experience before. You've, I'm sure you've guys heard it before. Like the cyber, it doesn't even have to be that. Marvel Avengers, there's always, a, there's always like a minority of people on there that claimed it. And then there was also uh, Cyberpunk 2077, but we saw video footage of these and you always get like one or two people it comes in and say they never had any issues or bad experiences with it and they try to blame the game consoles or whatever no this is just like those games this is happening not just one console this is happening on every console it's not a 
it, it's 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 not a hardware issue it's a software issue um issue it's a coding issue it's bad coding that is leading to this type of thing and they have not resolved it in all these years so why are we paying all this money for this i tell you why because people like to settle for less and when it comes to wwe you have some hardcore fans out there who despite the obvious of their flaws they will still defend those flaws and pretend like they're not there that boys and girls ladies and gentlemen friends and family is what you call confirmation bias it's a term used when and this happened during 2020 with all the you know craziness that was going on where people were trying to defend a certain dictator if you will and despite evidence despite concrete thorough evidence pictures you know quotes whatever videos the person trying to defend them will still deny it turn the other cheek or whatever like that just to make their point and that's what you call confirmation bias even though the evidence is there they are denying the actual factual evidence that is there we have the same situation here where wwe has done so wrong to their employees to their staff to the talent over the years but people will refuse to believe it in in part for their total selfish enjoyment of it if you if you're a wrestling fan and you watch this and you recently see like people like cm punk just this week alone tony storm william regal and a few others who came from WWE over to AEW, you you notice a pattern, and that's every one of them get extremely emotional, almost tearing at the idea that they're being valued and appreciated by a whole new crowd, which is a total contrast from where they were before, where they were being treated unfairly or they weren't you know given the value or they weren't given opportunities that they had to show what they have. And they were throwing self-fulfilling prophecies, you know, where they were made to believe that they weren't quality enough. And you see these, this is a serious issue um, that is going on with, with the ideology of the WWE and people, some people fail to believe that. And that's why fans of w, of AEW, who were formerly fans of, a, of WWE, myself included, migrates over to this because we see a company that is fairly giving people a chance to shine giving them opportunity to be them to do what they have destined to do and you see former talent of that other company doing way better both mentally physically and talent wise than they ever did before well this is this this is kind of the same thing with this you know they this we got people who want to defend this game and try to act like these problems aren't there well i showed these problems i showed these problems to the people who deny them and what happens they don't rather there's and when you get that type of visual evidence there's no way you can defend this there's no way you can really defend it after that and you don't hear from people like that again and my problem with that is that people it's okay to be wrong it's okay to be wrong. You benefit from being wrong every once in a while. It's how you correct yourself. We talking about the Will and Chris situation. Well, guess what? 
and people are trying to vilify him. Guess what? He recognized he did wrong. He addressed it in front of his platform, which is a million uh, amount of a million, you know, and some, you know, people who follow him. He addressed it. Do you know how hard it is to address when say and admit what you wrong, no matter how what format that you're doing? Especially in this day and age where people are refuse to deny that they're wrong about something. It takes courage to be able to say that I was wrong. I've done dirt myself in my past and I had to own up to it. I wouldn't have grown. I wouldn't have gotten as far if I had. And I've had I denied any of what I've done or not being able to correct it. So I commend anybody who could do that. But we live in a generation right now, in a short attention society, of course, where people feel like they don't, you know, they want to they want to be right about everything to do. It doesn't have to be that way. It's OK to say, like, yes, WWE 2K22 is a broken game. Yes, I wasted money on a game that didn't give me everything that I want. That is not doing what they claimed that it was supposed to do. I think the embarrassment level with people are very high and they don't want to be embarrassed. And sometimes you just got to chalk it up because you're going to learn from it. And, you, you know, people come out stronger doing so because they are have they have the courage and ability to own up and embrace the, you know, the the flaws because not the reality is nobody's perfect and nobody's going to live life perfect. The idea to live life is to make mistakes, but to learn from those mistakes in order to be better. You know, anime fans should know this a lot, like. In Dragon Ball, like the idea that Goku gets his ass handed to him every once in a while, but he's able to evolve and grow. The, the message in Akira Toriyama's story is, I think it goes over people's head because the whole story of Dragon Ball Z is about evolution. It's about, you know, making two steps back, but making a big step forward. And people don't notice that about Dragon Ball. I think it's one of the failed um you know plot points of that series and the messages of that series is that like all of them, goku vegeta they all have failed they all have taken a beat down every once in a while but they learn from their mistakes and they end up winning and, and getting better of themselves so if 2k games were to actually admit how wrong that they are in their stuff and you know just i think they try to hide so much with that company right now <coughs> excuse me and it's, it's quite obvious and it's really sad because it, it just if they were more honest with themselves and their fan base, I think they can really move on to make a better game. But they never do. And I'm not saying that 2K22 is completely trash. There is some good in this game, but right now there is some really bad that is affecting the quality of what this game was intended to be and they're not addressing it and i hate the idea that they never address it to their fan base this is why i give credit to you know indie developers like mike herman who does retro mania wrestling and this guy goes all in and he's a brave one because he goes into his he, he works with his team he works with his fan base and he works with the the gamers who i believe he considers consumers and he basically he basically like tells him straight like what's going on the blemishes the i i so respect 
what he does with his game and and the company and how he doesn't he, he has the curtain open every single time you know in the development of that game yes the game is on a high delay because they only got like three or four maybe even five people working on that game it takes a long time to create these games especially a wrestling game where you got to have a fluid engine <laughs> um and then you know he says sometimes he gets held back some but i i truly respect what he does i truly respect what that team does and i commend him and that's why i usually like having him on the show to talk about his progress on here because he it, i think it's a very important thing that these development companies do and i think when it comes to the indie game development i think they do a great job you know keeping in touch with their fan base and being very well intimate and not hiding everything that's going on with the world because we don't have to know everything but they choose to give us some leisure of understanding of what's going on whether we like it or not and i i commend them but i i, I wish more companies would do that i respect any company that has that will do that to this day and i wish 2k would do would be more willing to be more open for that situation so it's sad but it is what it is um but as far as these fans go with these situations it, it bothers me a hell of a lot you know there's so many misconceptions to when people say you know it never happens to me you know the you know for one for one, for one thing the person saying that may not have played the game as much as others some may have only played the game for a couple of days and with only a few hours of gameplay so you can't really go by that it takes way more than a couple hours to find issues with games hence why developers normally have testers at least they used to now they got beta testers or people who are playing online so i don't they don't which is funny because that's a very cost effective method for them to do they don't i don't even know if they hire testers to do i wish they kind of do because they have you know for those who don't know if they if this still doesn't exist a tester is or used to be a person that they would hire to just play a particular game that they're developing thoroughly to see if there's any bugs in the systems and i don't know if that's happening anymore or i don't know if they're if the beta testing format is working because you got people who are playing the game i don't know what data goes into it into saying like what's going on i don't know if you know they, they don't contact everybody and but what they what they do for this what what they with the strategy of this is that they don't have to pay anybody who's doing these beta tests whereas they were paying testers to actually do this stuff now the beta testing system i think i think takes that away so testers or now beta testers would spend hours on end to play these games but i don't know if these beta testers are playing it because beta testers are just normally people who just get access to the game before the game releases and plays it for a couple hours or whatever like that but you can't testers would have to be there from nine to five playing this game to make sure that there's nothing going on and i don't know if this is a working situation here so but you know upon playing it like i played 2k22 way more than people normally do because people normally have nine to five jobs they normally have you know kids they have time they don't have time to just jump in and play for like more than like at least two hours at times whereas i have the ability because i do this show and i review everything and i have the ability to play more than my fair share and really go in deep with it and 
a person may not have thoroughly played the game modes as much as I had. So I was able to play through the My Rise part, which is their stronger, you know, point of it. I played thoroughly and and I made about like five uh creator wrestlers so far and you know submitted them all into universe mode and you know it is what it is. These these, these issues keep happening. So I would say this and, and to end this par portion of the um of the subject here is that please and i said it last week but this is a reason why you cannot give a total honest thorough critique on a game or anything if you haven't really played it through so you're especially when you're talking on social media because whatever you say on social media there are going to be some people who don't use critical thinking enough to say okay have a question I have a question, you know, for this upon your response or you don't do your homework yourself. They are going to listen to people who say this is great. This is fun. This is awesome. But like it, they people did that on the day of their release and said this game is a lot of fun. It's awesome. It's all that it is. You know, this game gets an 8.5 or uh, 8 out of 10, whatever like that. And I'm like, I know. I know there's got to be more to this because the game just came out. You only played it for a few hours on the release day. And you're already giving it an 8.10 and you haven't played probably through the, my faction mode the universe mode the, like i refuse to believe that until like i would probably believe that maybe a week or maybe a little over a week at, you know of playing but it's hard for me to believe anybody who's you know played it for a couple hours and didn't even create their characters or didn't create an arena or didn't create a championship belt and didn't interject those into other things like the deeper you go into a 2K, a WWE 2K game, the more you start to learn how really good the game is because it's to see how stable it is. So please people use critical thinking when listening to certain reviews or people and to those who, to those reviewers out there um, that are in like Game Informer or in IGN and, and all those who gave this game a high score of an eight, or whatever shame on you because i don't know how much you played that game to a point that you gave that game an eight out of ten and based it on the fact that they had this new playable fun but you know and playable you know game uh just fight mechanic but the rest of the game is just blitzing that's a code of ethics that i can't stand by that it actually is to me is unethical because I think somebody did a quick playthrough of this game and didn't play this game thoroughly enough to know whether this game was broken as much as it was. And we found a bunch of glitches. So these guys have bigger platforms, way bigger platforms out there. And they're this is not what you're should be doing. This is not good journalism, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, but you're giving reviews based on you know unfinished research at best so please people be very careful of who you listen to and then use critical thinking and also make sure that the person or reviews that you listen to make sure that you know that they thoroughly played through this game okay it's just like the elden ring situation it's like they gave me a 10 out of 10 but you got a creative suite that won't allow you to make the person that you want so to me that should take a few points off right there
So just be careful of who you listen to, because not everybody's using all of their knowledge and, and diligence when playing these games. Okay. So just put it out there right there. So let's change the subject here. I've been holding this off for weeks because the backlog situation, but I'm finally having the pleasure of talking about this now. Megaton Musashi, which is a Japanese import by developers level five. If you're a anime fan who loves, you know, mech giant robo mech battles and all this stuff, um, this is for you. And this is going to be the reason why I'm going to talk about why switch nintendo switch owners in the u.s don't fully utilize their nintendo switch as is as it is built for because you have a lot of opportunities to play a lot more games that you don't even know about but we're going to start with this megaton musashi released in japan in uh, uh november of 2021 just last year this game is an action mech combat rpg game that provides the spirit of classic anime style mechs like giant robo messenger z uh tetsujin 28 uh you name it get a robo you name it just all those classic deals gigantor whatever i think tetsu tetsujin 28 is gigantor i i, I could be wrong but um but even still, it, it, it plays on those type of elements, and it's so beautiful. I, I can't believe that this is on a Nintendo Switch. Developers Level 5 created an awesome experience where you feel like you're in an episodic saga. Um, you play as one of three teens picked to pilot out these giant ro uh, robots against this alien force. The, the storyline is very simple, and I love that the storyline is simple because the whole entire game is translated in, in Japanese, unfortunately. There are some games out there and you know some imports that you um play that still has the english text but this one didn't but it didn't matter it really didn't matter i'll tell you why the game also gives players the ability to build your mech by letting you upgrade and modify parts armor and weapons for this whole entire thing the customizations are incredibly deep even down to modifying upgrading the cpu and motherboards that help you run uh, the mech even faster better and even more powerful Old school fans will get a bit of nostalgia for this game in a way that they were with the classic mech series Armor Core from back in the day in the PlayStation era. Uh, one of the, I think this is basically Armor Core, but just way better mech designs. And it actually has a story and, and narrative to it where Armor Core just, you were just building on mechs. And they were, to me, I never liked Armor Core because the, it was while it was awesome and deep in terms of customizations the the mech designs sucked i i i will absolutely i never liked the mech designs i thought they were cheesy i'm a big fan of like the mech design of transformers or even gundam for that matter um giant robo was really dope too like stuff like that i really like that style of mech design but this it was so it was so mechanical and robotic it was just it was corny <laughs> to me um, one of the coolest things about this game is that it is easy to pick up and play and, and understand despite the, you know, the fact that it's all in Japanese uh, language. So, I mean, the control system, the control scheme is universal. Uh, you'll pick up everything as you go along here. And it's, I, I just really love the idea. I mean, this goes along with how I used to play fighting games and you know imports for fighting games where even though i don't know what's going on from the storyline and narrative standpoint 
the control scheme is universal. So everybody understands how to play the control scheme. But in this case, this is kind of a more deeper form of gameplay here. And the gameplay is very easy and user and player friendly, I should say, in here. So I, I really enjoyed it. I had no problems. I just immediately assimilated right into this game, despite the the uh, the uh, the handicap of not actually understanding Japanese, if you will. Um, even the story isn't really that hard to figure out, you know, so but if you ever need to understand what's going on or certain things that you need to learn about the, in terms of gameplay, I use Google Translate, which was a lot better to use today than it was back in the day where I used to have to go to GameFAQs or I used to have to pay somebody to print out all of the paperwork needed for that game. And I used to pay somebody like $5 to, you know, and then we meet at the games. Like this is what we used to do back in the day for those who don't know. I mentioned this before, but back in the day when we used to play imported games, we would need some frequently asked questions or walkthroughs for the game to understand what's going on with the game, how to play the game properly, how to, or even read the, the story line of it all. Of what's going on because we were interested in what was what was going on with the story so there were people who would charge to you know to download the translation whether they were the writers of the of it or whatever and they would go in to rather the, the library or whatever you could go to a copy center you know copy every single page and it was a lot of pages and you know they would charge you five dollars you meet i used to meet them at the um at a local game store and we would, you know, pay for that. And, uh, you know, that's the instruction booklet. That's the strategy guide that I would use to play an import game at the time. Now, not so much. Uh, Google Translate, you know, helps us do that and we can get through some things. So that's that's fine. So overall, this game is absolutely awesome. It is so the presentation is so great. One of the coolest things that I love about this is that like it's a it's a third person you know, uh, environment in terms of like the where the camera goes. So you can see the, the uh, mech go around and move around in mobile and, you know, fight and everything. But there is a way you can look at it from a first person standpoint. Like you can't fight in first person mode, but it allows you to see inside the cockpit and you can move and you can be mobile while in a cockpit, a cockpit until another enemy comes in and then you need to get back out and start fighting. But there's all these really cool things you could decorate the cockpit that you're in and everything and it actually moves it's so awesome i've never played a mech game like this ever and this may be among the best that i've ever played in this type of genre it's available now on the eShop um in japan but it's not the, it's, that's the thing it's not the us um you know eShop. it's the japan eShop. and you might ask if you're just listening to this before because i mentioned in the review you know games before if you ever want to you in the u.s have the ability to download and purchase japanese games for your system because nintendo switches are region free which means you have the ability to play in other regions such as japan or even other parts of asia as well and how i was able to play this was that i opened and started a japanese account which allows me to go into the Japanese e-store. And a great part about this is that not only you find gems and games that you're 
you will never see in the light of day of the US, but you can also see games that are coming out in the US a day early. Some games that you didn't even know that was expected to come out shows up on Japan first because of the time frame and time zone. So you get to see that first coming out. So even if there's a game that I that is not announced on in, in uh, Japan, a lot of times the next day in America, you will see it there. And that's a majority of them. not all of them, but the majority of them. Some of them you're just going to have to figure out whether you want to invest in the in, in this version of Japan and stuff like that. So um, you get a heads up, you get a, you know, a heads up on what's coming out a lot faster that way. And that's how sometimes I get a chance. I get to, uh, you know, scoop of what game is coming out, you know, in America early sometimes by checking it out. But this is why switch owners need to get a Japanese account. And a lot of, I just discovered that a lot of Bandai Namco games not sold in the US has English settings that uh, are in the game because they are sold to other regions that uses English translations. And I remember if you remember last, last year or 2020, I bought a common Rider game that is still yet to be in America yet, and it won't actually be in America. And the entire game was in English. And come to find out, I thought that was one of just a rarity. Then Super Robot Wars um, just last year came out, or was it this year? I forgot. Um, but I reviewed that and it came out and it said it was being sold in the US for the first time, but it was only being sold in a PC. Meanwhile, the Nintendo Switch actually has that game that they sold on the Japanese account, which means I could get it. And I learned that it was also in English as well. It was the exact same port that they had for the PC and they were they're available to have it. I think it's now easy to say that a lot of Bandai Namco games all add English translations into their games because I recently acquired Kamen Rider Climax Scramble, which is like an arena battle game starring all the Kamen Rider um, Super Sentai heroes that you see in, in Japan and a tactical RPG SD Gundam G generation cross race, uh, which is another tactical RPG like Super Robot Wars. It actually came out before Super Robot Wars, but this one is based on uh, Gundam, uh, Gundam Wing and Gundam Seed and uh, maybe another Gundam as well. But I was able to get those because there was a major sell going on right now and I still had some credit left from when I, you know, got, I think, Megaton Musashi way back. So I was able to get the Common Rider Climax Scramble using the last bit of um, credit that I had. Plus, not only just the credit I had, but the credit that was used from the purchase that I made because this is the part I love about Nintendo that xbox or playstation is not doing is that when you purchase games you get money back you get credit back from the games and if you let that credit build from every game that you buy it will eventually allow you to get a little bit off on a new game that you're buying or just have the ability of buying the game using the money from because it's the same price as the actual game itself and i've benefited from that so many times and it's awesome it is pretty awesome that I, that Nintendo does that. It's it's unlike any. You get, I hope they never change that. I think that is a such an awesome thing that they do when it comes to that. But man, I'm telling you, like you guys need to get uh, a Japanese account ASAP. And then also, you may ask, you know, how am I actually able to 
buy these games because it's just Japanese. You can't use your credit card or you can't use your PayPal account. Ha! There's always a way, my people. There's a website that I've been getting import games for for over a decade, well over a decade. And they're still going strong. It's called Play Asia. If you don't know about it, it's a game, it's a website that sells import games, but it also sells um, whether digital or physical for that matter. Uh, but it also sells, you know, other really awesome statues like the one I the ones I have in here um, and other great items in there as well. Very all Japanese base and all Asia, you know, base. So they sell a lot of that in there. It's, it's pretty much GameStop, but an online is online GameStop that actually has some games that you would never see in the US. Um, some real great gems there. But they also sell Nintendo cards and they sell them in all different uh, regions they sell the u.s versions they sell the japanese versions. so you you know you get the yen cards there they also sell them and uh the the uh, european versions as well i get i you and you could use if you have paypal you can use your paypal account to purchase things from that site so you use your paypal account or your credit card to buy uh and it's a secure site too like again i've been buying from this company for over a decade and you use your PayPal account or your credit card um, to purchase a yen card there. You make sure you know, cause some of these, you'll see some of the games in there that are going for like as low as 5,000 yen, which uh, may exchange for $50 in, in, in the state, in the United States here, or it could be up to 10,000 yen or 20,000 yen, which is basically about rounding off, I think about a hundred in this case uh in the us so you gotta make sure you get the exchange right to know how much you need to spend on a yen card because yen cards can come from five thousand yen to ten thousand yen or two thousand yen sometimes too so you might need to buy multiple versions to get it but once you do you can put it into your account and go at it and then you can download it on the same actual uh nintendo console that you have playing the us so i have you know people on the acmg facebook group have seen it in my account, I have both US games and I have Japanese games and I play them all on the US account, but I download it from the Japanese account. So I love what Nintendo is able to do. They, they easily, it's obvious they allow it to happen. Uh, and I, I, I so appreciate it because now I'm going, I'm using the Nintendo, I'm using the Nintendo Switch for more than it's worth or it's, or it's totality of it's worth for that matter. And they still getting paid. So it's all good so please people take to take it to take the jump man jump on it and get it because it's an awesome thing to do so folks that will do it for this segment of the show we're going to take a break come back and we will enter the final stage as i will talk about kirby in the forgotten land maybe one of nintendo's best games of the year we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. 
TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. gentlemen you have reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review kirby and the forgotten land for the nintendo switch this is in fact my very first standalone kirby game i've ever played like i get it like kirby's been out since the game boy era and i for some reason never desired to you know play a kirby game my only interaction with kirby is through super smash brothers and that is it. I, I I really I don't understand why it took me till now to do it, but I was more intrigued about this one because they brought him into the 3D era platform era like they did with Mario and Mario Odyssey. So I figure it gets this much accolades. Let's celebrate this and let me play for the first time. And I'm happy to say a uh, very enjoyable experience for the most part. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's start with the story of this. So while walking freely in dreamland kirby decides to hop on his warp star for a joyride when suddenly a dark cloud occur appears creating a star-shaped portal which sucks everybody in including kirby and the waddle d's and later we suddenly see kirby washed ashore in a new world where he is now searching for the waddle d's with the help of elflin who is also on a path to save his friends from evil beasts that terrorize their world together they will stop evil save the waddle d's and make the world a better place you know what's funny if i'm right on super smash brothers ultimate didn't like kirby survive as well but he was the first one to be washed ashore in his in that new land as well that seems to be a theme with kirby but let's talk about the pros here because there's a hell of a lot of them and i made a hell of a lot of them here the game carries the essence of mario odyssey which has its own signature charm so i mean this oozes nintendo everything that nintendo looks for that family quality that fun gameplay that beautiful atmosphere and, and beautiful ambiance and experience uh awesome stages you know it, it just it carries that same formula that we saw in mario odyssey um may not be as deep as mario odyssey in a sense but it does carry the same charm as well and, and structure uh, beautiful open stage environments, as I mentioned before. Uh, we also have Kirby's new copy abilities, which include now drill, ranger, fire, ice, cutter, crash, sleep, sword, tornado, needle, hammer, and bomb. So you have a definite amount of, you know, weaponry. Now, I, you can play through the game and not get every single one, but it allows you to complete the game on 100 to get all of those and acquire all those and then also you can upgrade each copy ability making kirby a more powerful and easier uh you know powerful uh player uh, you know character easy easy like much easier to take out enemies because of these uh, abilities and such kirby's ability to swallow real world objects to help you find secret areas in a, in a place some secret areas may have waddle d's in there and the more waddle d's you collect it will benefit you even better there's a co-op 
mode in here an option allowing you to partner with somebody who will play bandana waddle d which is one of the first waddle d's that you will uh encounter in the new world uh they have a lot of the boss battles are a lot of fun if you loved everything uh you know your common 3d mario boss battles this is no different uh they got two different difficulty levels too they you there's one that allow you to be you know go pace easily and then there's another to challenge you so i really appreciate that as well and you know if you wanted to you could go and do it that way whichever way you want so you know i appreciate that finding more waddle d's will help you build uh, a new area in the waddle d town including shops workshops that will help upgrade uh kirby's copy abilities they got the waddle d cafe which is basically all you can purchase items to help you know replenish your energy you can also play a mini game a really fun mini game in here as well where you're you pretty much you're getting a job at the waddle d cafe but you're serving a whole bunch of waddle d's that are coming in and you got them you know it starts off slow but then the 12 o'clock lunch hour comes and a whole bunch of other waddle d's come so you got to pick up the pace faster and they got three different difficulty levels for that so that's a lot of fun and it, and it breaks away from the monotony of just playing the actual stages so you get to do other things while you're you know instead of just going from stage to stage in here and i like that breakaway um there's also movie theater mode in there well basically a movie theater that lets you rewatch cutscenes and unlock what i love about this is that the presentation of it is really awesome you're not just clicking onto a theater mode you're literally uh, you'll literally have kirby go into the movie theater and sit in a seat and then watch every clip of the cutscenes that you unlocked which is awesome so you can also go to kirby's home where you can look at archives of past games that you know like almost every game that kirby's been involved with is in these archives that you find uh throughout the uh, your process of the game in the stages place of uh, figures that you also acquire uh which you can find throughout the game and even sleep as well so just the presentation again plays a major factor in your gameplay experience one of my favorites here is coliseum mode where it's basically just a boss battle mode which allows you to fight against the bosses that you've already played against so it also you can it helps to be a practice mode as well and you can play through that um it also has the appearance of meta knight in there which i was wondering if he was going to make an appearance because it's almost like you can't have i i've never played a kirby game but i've realized it mostly because i think the other reason is because i used to watch the anime series of kirby so i'm well familiar with the kirby universe despite me never playing a kirby game and the idea is that i know who meta knight is i know meta knight is a badass in the in the kirby universe so i was wondering if he was going to make an appearance and he does through coliseum mode which you play through and uh i think it's pretty awesome that he does make an appearance and not only that you kind of get to acquire his sword after a while under certain circumstances of upgrading and such they also have a fishing pond mode in here which you could catch fish in air uh as well and it just there's a lot that you could do there's a, so much more that you could do in this in, in this uh new town that you develop the more waddle d's they come in more things open up from there so um it's just awesome you also have amiibo abilities as well getting uh giving you more items during play and uh there's there's just so much fun to do and of course you will see baba d in 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 this as well uh what he does in here i will leave out because it's really cool <laughs> it's really cool but you you can't have kirby without having uh baba d i mean uh am i saying it right i think i'm saying it i think i'm saying the, the normal boss battle right but 
as far as cons, honestly, there are none. In my opinion, I played through this game. I found it to be highly enjoyable. Uh, and I thought it was, it was just like, if, if you like pretty much, if you like, um, if you like Mario Odyssey, then yes, you're going to love, Oh, I'm sorry. I said Bobbity because that's the Dragon Ball Z character. I'm looking it up. And that's why you, you I was a little bit quiet because I was looking it up. It's uh, uh, King DDD is the guy that I was talking about. King DDD is in the game. Uh, but, you know, what he does is that's something you're going to have to see for yourself because it's pretty cool. Um, but you will fight him as a boss character in here as well. But if you loved Mario Odyssey... This was once again, a love letter to Kirby fans as much as Mario Odyssey was a love letter to Mario fans. And I thought they did a really good job with this. I don't know if they're gonna add more to it, but all of what I play right now from start to finish, I really enjoy it. And I am gonna eventually go back in and play it again and, and finish some of the things that I didn't play before. Um, it's just really good. It's, it's, it's fairly deep, not extremely deep, but it's enough to keep you satisfied and happy and and, and, and uh, enjoying the game experience through the entire time. So I found no nothing that really stood out. Whereas like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Or this like the same way I did with WWE 2K or Cyberpunk or anything where something just stuck out. I was like, this doesn't make sense. This is, you know, it, 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 it's just, it, it's doesn't suspend my disbelief. You know, no, Kirby once you're in you're fully in it's a very enjoyable fun game anybody can get in and jump in and play the control scheme is very simple and player friendly um it, it's one of those it's just a very beautiful feel good game much like mario odyssey was it may not have all the depth of mario odyssey but it's in that realm it's definitely in the realm i don't think it superseded mario odyssey but one bit but uh, no, because Mario Odyssey had some really great present in terms of presentation. Some really awesome, like my, the King, the, the Donkey Kong City um, uh, stage is one of my all-time favorite Mario stages ever. Point blank, mostly because they got you know the performance and the singing performance of the Mario song and everything. It's just absolutely awesome. But Kirby is right up there with that. And if I'm going to give this a grade, it deserves a solid A, bar none. This is. A awesome game even if you never played a kirby game before in your life like i have you can definitely go out of your way and play this game and it will make you a fan it'll make you want to play the older games and again if you go into kirby's house you will see all the past games that they have available on from the nintendo switch to the wii u to, and all that stuff so you'll you'll get to see a lot of different kirby games that you may want to you know go out of your way to check out and find out about so Anyway, check it out. It's available now and it is awesome. So folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. Thank you guys very much. Next week will be the double fighting game review that I'm doing. Uh, by the way, if I didn't give a grade to Megaton Musashi, that also gets an A as well. <laughs> if, if people are wondering, that, like that game is a definite A. If you're an anime mech fan, if you're an anime fan in general, you're not going to be dissatisfied with that game at all that game is dope as all hell so um but i digress yeah, so next week i'm going to be doing the double fighting game review with persona 4 arena ultimax and phantom breaker um i'm because that's uh i'm um i i should say because that's going to bring up a discussion of these new fighting games and how they 
provide these new control schemes and everything and it's more simplistic and whatnot so you know i want to bring that up and talk about those as well next week so that's going to be my discussion I, again i mentioned that i was playing ghost wire tokyo on a playstation 5 so i will be reviewing that the week after this sunday on the prime show gotta talk maybe some good and maybe some bad this, this week in terms of marvel i'm going to the movies to see morbius uh this week I'm seeing some really funny memes out there, which is kind of foretelling what I'm about to see. So I may have to get my mystery science theater, you know, uh, you know, survival gear ready for this, the gargles and whatnot, and get ready for this movie. But we're also going to talk about Moon Knight. Here's how I'm going to play it. Whichever is the better of the two Marvel IPs, that will be the top billing of this uh, of the of this week's uh episode so i've already saw moon knight i won't say anything until sunday what i think about the first episode in there but um we'll talk about all that we'll see so if you see that one of them is the top billing on the graphic of the promo of the promo i do on my instagram or on the uh on the talk time live facebook you know group or whatever like that then Yes, that's what I believe may have been the better show. May not, you know, may still had its flaws, but it may be the better of the two. But we'll see. And then the following week, we got Sonic 2 coming out. So I'll be reviewing that as well. Um, I do also want to talk about I will have a brand new Talk Time Live exclusive this week as I got a friend coming on the show. She is an actor by the name of Rebecca Kennedy. I, some of you may know her, some of you not. She's appeared on a lot of really cool drama shows like... Um, law and order svu and, and uh, all those cop shows and stuff like that she's done a uh, she's been in horror movies before some award-winning uh film festival horror movies her latest movie which is out on uh, amazon prime called los angeles i had a chance to check it out we're definitely going to talk about that because she stars she is the star of that movie um we're going to talk about that her recent project that she did she uh, headed to pennsylvania recently to you know undergo a new project that she was going to be in a new film and her journey as an actor and appearing on some of her favorite drama shows we're going to just have a lot of fun talking about that so rebecca kennedy's coming out this week so there's going to be a talk time live extra coming out soon so stay tuned for that um there's also finally i can finally say this there's new blog entries on talktimelive.com right now um remember i talked about the windjammers 2 situation that happened uh you know when they during the release in january uh so I finally got that up on the uh, on TalkTimeLive.com on the blog section. And then the My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission figures are finally in my possession. And I have a re- unboxing uh, blog with that. So you can go watch the unbox blog with that as well. And if you're interested, I got links up there where you can find out where to buy these things. You know, act these are one of these situations where you got to act now because supply and demand you never know what the state of the pandemic right now it took six months for all of these figures to come that is these the bakugo and the midoriya you know figures as well as the the um ultra instinct goku figure that i pre-ordered during new york comic-con in october and it just got here so check them out see what you think and the links are there if you want to purchase it there so uh that's all i got right now so you know we got plenty of content for you guys to check out you can check out this episode and every episode also on talktimelive.com along with video interviews and panel 
uh, videos that I've had with Repop in the metaverse, along with your favorite uh, anime actors out there. Shout out to all the voice actors out there in hopes that this whole entire merger with uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll will be to their benefit. And, uh, you know, it's much, much more content there. So check it out. And uh, that will do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. And happy April Fool's Day. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.